This is the Data Privacy Detective. Identity orchestration. We're going to learn about what that means, what it has to do with privacy, and all of us. And with us today is Eric Olden. Eric, thank you for joining us uh, in this discussion today. Thanks for having me, Joe. Looking forward to it. Well, Eric, you're the CEO and the founder of Strata Identity. And uh, this is a company that allows other companies and businesses to to mix and match what really are incompatible cloud identity systems. And that leads to uh, saving customers uh, a lot of money and a lot of manual labor uh, per project. And uh, Strata Identity Orchestration, as I understand it, is is creating a kind of a modern path for a very distributed world of data uh, where uh, identities can be secure and, and integration and maintenance is uncomplicated. Now, that sounds like a, a great world of the future, but l- let's break it down here. Tell us, please, Eric, what is identity orchestration? What do we need to understand about that phrase? Yeah, great question, Joe. And I think one thing to understand is that identity orchestration is a new concept. It's a new approach to solving a problem that's been around for a long time. What identity orchestration does is integrates a lot of different identity management systems, the kind of systems that are used to authenticate people and to determine whether they have the permissions and access rights to access applications and data. So you're saying it's really not just, is it really the person who's claiming to be the person, but it's also what access level they have, you know, what entries they have into uh, parts of the data system. Yeah, exactly. Identity means uh, a lot of different things. And where you think about all of the, at the simplest way, it's how do users access applications and data, right? So it's a very simple thing. But it gets really complicated in practice because the way that you make that decision typically involves more than one system today. And now that people are using the cloud and they're using more than one cloud, they've got all of these different pockets where identities and rules and applications and data need to connect. That's become a really complicated problem. And so identity orchestration is the way that you solve that problem. It makes all of these things work together instead of as fragmented silos. Well, maybe 10 years ago, uh, many people would say, wait a minute, I've got an identity. I've got my username and my password, and that's good enough, isn't it? (laughs) What would your response be? Well, you know, 10 years ago, it was uh, a, a much simpler time, but the problem is, is that it was even longer before then where people started using passwords. And what started out as a quick way to put a light aspect of security on something became a runaway, hey, that that means security, passwords. And the problem that has happened is that passwords were never really that secure in the first place. And as time has gone on, the bad guys have gotten even better with their technology to break passwords and to do phishing. So it's kind of like bringing, oh, I don't know, riding a horse onto the modern battlefield. Yeah, it may have worked in the past, but it's not going to do you too well today because of the fundamental nature of technology is so much more sophisticated and different. 
It's like yeah. a data arms race going on, and then we have to keep abreast of it. But maybe to get into this a little bit, t- tell us a little bit about Project Indigo that uh, was announced. Uh, we're recording this in May of 2023. What what did that have to do with, and, and what, what can we learn from that? Project Indigo was a really exciting project that we did together with uh, our partners at EY and at Microsoft. And what we did was built a solution to bring verified identity to LinkedIn. And what this means in practice is we all know LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, you can say you are whatever you want to say. And there haven't been any scalable way to prove that someone, what someone says or they claim has been verified or validated. And so what we did in this project was to implement a system so that when a person who worked at EY claimed that they worked at EY, that that claim could be verified with cryptography with EY's cloud and would verify that, yes, in fact, this person is an employee at that time of EY that information is brought back from the EY cloud through orchestration and is updated in the Microsoft cloud with a general record that that in fact is true and then updated yet in a second a third place with the uh, LinkedIn and basically giving someone a blue check mark so what all of that does is bring a whole new level of end user controlled. So they have control over their privacy, right? All the end user is the one who controls this. But assuming that they want this to happen, then they can set this in motion and have it cryptographically work end to end so that only the right people who really do work at that entity, in this case, EY, are verified. And so really excited We'll be rolling this out to a broad base uh, offering in uh, in the near future. So keep your eye out for that because bringing verified identities to social network that's used for business is going to be a real big deal. Well, it was quite interesting to see that in the uh, the Twitter acquisition by Elon Musk, where he was claiming that uh, you know a lot of the Twitter users aren't real people, <laughs> this kind of thing. And you're really saying this is a way to to guard the privacy, not only of individuals, but of the individuals who work for an organization. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a couple things that, you know, when you, you think about privacy, you, you do want to think about your digital identity and really think about the, the key places that you use that identity. And some places like with Google and the ubiquitous Gmail and some of these other social networking scale platforms, you can use your identity in Google at a lot of other places that support the notion of federated identity. Why is that a good idea for privacy? Well, if you can avoid propagating your password in all of these different systems, so say maybe you've got 10 applications or 10 websites that you like to use, Well, that's 10 different places where your password could get stored and unfortunately uh, uh, hacked and stolen. A better way to do it would be 
don't put your password in any of those 10 places. Instead, use this technology called, it's a standard called OpenID Connect, O-I-D-C. And that's the acronym the nerds like I, like, <laughs> like I use. So OIDC is how you can use your Google Gmail ID at these other trusted websites. And everything's cryptographically secure under the covers. So that allows you not only to get the convenience of not having to remember 10 different passwords, but instead you get the added security that you have much fewer points of passwords that are out there. And if you use the right company like a Google, you can upgrade for free, by the way, this is all free. You can upgrade to their multi-factor authentication. So you can get rid of your password for your, your Gmail account. And that also extends to all the other sites that you use that identity. So a lot of this really exciting stuff is happening in identity that's going to give the individual more control over their data privacy and the security of their online identity. And we've certainly seen some other governments uh, way ahead of the United States, uh, Estonia, for example, maybe ahead of uh, almost any other country where you have a national identity that is freely shared, but it's not linked to your social security uh, amount or your checkbook or anything else. And uh, and that, that that may be an example of what you're talking about. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'll, uh, I'll say Estonia is a much smaller company, uh, country than the United States. So it's... It's, um, it's, it's about easier. 4 million people, I think, maybe less than that. And, and certainly a very homogeneous, relatively homogeneous population, very different from the U.S., yes. Absolutely. And and they have access to, to technology and it's been great to see that. You're right. I think with tying things at the end of the day, things back to cryptography, because if you can't rely on it from a cryptographic standpoint, what's to say someone can't steal your digital identity in, you know, in whatever country that it's stored in. So mm -hmm. I think the thing that I'm really excited about in the United States is how this new open, again, free technology called passkeys which is related to something called FIDO. Forget what the acronym of FIDO stands for, but it's uh, Internet Authentication Standards Group. And what uh, this passkey thing will let you do is tie your, your human identity to a physical device identity. So think about your phone. That's a physical device, and it's something you can have. And the biometric ability of most phones today to scan your face or your finger allows you to link the uh, who you are and what you are, like your face or your fingerprint, to now bind that to be your digital identity. And this passkeys technology is um, really very fresh. And it's great that the big cloud and consumer identity companies, Apple, Microsoft, and Google, all of the big companies all got behind this, and now it's available on all of their platforms and all their tools. So another really great thing that I'm encouraging people to take a look at because it makes your world more, much more secure and it never involves a password. So take a look at that. I think that's something a lot of people are getting excited about. 
Well, you're making a really important point here that we're moving beyond the day when we thought of a password and then multi, even multi-factor uh, authentication uh, after that. We're moving beyond that to where, tell me if I'm wrong about this analogy. It's almost like moving from a world of war where people entered with uh, maybe some leather and, and then they got body armor. And today it's Kel, uh, you know, Kevlar and better and better body armor. And in a way, if we could encapsulate our identities within secure armor. We, 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 we're much better protected than just what password we use and whether we uh, you know, answer a second message uh, by uh, text. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think when you look at the layers of security, the consistent thing throughout the history of people and cybersecurity, people are always the weak weak link. It's rarely the technology. And I'll give you an example is you can have all of the best security in your network and you have all of the access control that you could hope for. And all of that be undone when somebody throws a bunch of USB sticks in the parking lot of a car, or I'm sorry, in the parking lot, and they don't just at the place they want to breach. And on that USB stick is a file that says salaries.xls. Did you know, Joe, that's the, one of the number one ways <laughs> that people get fished is their that's curiosity. Right. I want to see what the salary is, right? Yeah, and absolutely. They, and uh, it gets and the better of them. Spear phishing and business email compromise. A lot, of, a lot of ways we all get intrigued with things. We will make mistakes as human beings. And part of this is that technology can, can protect us from ourselves. That's right. That's right. Exactly. So if you if you move away from these uh, systems that are long, sometimes very convoluted ways to steal your password, right? If you don't have a password in the first place because you use some of these other techniques, then you sidestep all of those problems, right? And so it's uh, it's really interesting to protect yourself. Get rid of the password. That's going to be your your biggest. Uh, and you're really, really saying be. we're uh, we, at least with uh, we're beginning to be at that point. This is not futuristic. Am I right? You're right. You're you're absolutely right. In fact, at my company Strata, we don't enable any password sign in to our security platform. We just don't allow it. There's no way we have no passwords in our world. And you know, that's 2023. So we designed from the beginning to never accept passwords in our in our our world so we avoid so many of the problems uh that are out there and it was not a problem rolling that out because all of our customers really appreciated it because we gave them really secure alternatives that are very convenient and so the technology is out there it's not science fiction it's not we're needing to wait for uh any breakthroughs to happen it's literally it's out there it's free and it's it's the sooner you get onto it, the better. Well, as we wind up our conversation, Eric, let me let me pose this last question to you. What, what do you see as the challenges to the privacy of individuals as technology continues to evolve uh, around identity orchestration? And then, what can we all do about it? So, I think Joe, one of the things that I'd like to see happen in the industry for making it easier for individuals to manage their own data privacy and uh, individual identity security 
would be to have better feedback on how their identity is being used. Imagine going to your bank and being able to see on the bank website, show me all the times that I've logged in and where did I log in from? Yeah, I wouldn't know how to do that. Now and then I'll, I'll get a question from a bank, perhaps. Uh, was that really you? That sort of thing. But that's where we are today. And what would be better? Yeah, I think it would be a interesting way to make that information available so that people could run a query and say, hey, has my identity been used here uh, in the last X amount of time? Because if we can do that programmatically, we can combine the type of AI technology that's really popular right now that would automatically do that almost as a privacy agent where you could have a, imagine an AI that would go out and check with all of the places that you care about that you have accounts and see has anyone, has, has there been logins that aren't from the actual person and being able to do that at scale with artificial intelligence, I think is not that far off. It could absolutely see that happening in the next uh, year or two. Yes, indeed. And that would give people more direct control uh, over their own privacy, be more transparent with, uh, with the uh, companies serving individuals. Absolutely. Well, Eric, we uh, must come back to this uh, in six months, a year from now. Let's try to talk again. But thank you very much for introducing us in, to this new world of identity orchestration. Any, any last words of wisdom for our listeners? No, I appreciate the uh, the invitation and the opportunity to chat with you today, Joe. It's been great. I think with identity orchestration, if there's uh, anyone listening that's interested in how they can learn more about it, I'd love for you to visit our website at strata.io. That's S-T-R-A-T-A dot I-O slash podcast. And you can find out a lot more about what you can do with identity orchestration as well. Thanks so much. And as always, uh, I will remind us all, protecting your personal data begins with you.